Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles, Original Edition. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles, Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse over the link at top for online edition, you will see the link to read A-C-I-M-O-E. Get the third one. On that same drop-down menu, there is a link to subscribe to an excellent daily email sent to you by the Course of Miracles Society, which contains both a workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, from 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today we're continuing our reading in Chapter 19, Beyond the Body, with Section 3, Sin versus Error. And at the top of the hour, we'll pause for Fran to lead us in remembrance of our lesson for the day. Today, the lesson number is 213, and the lesson is a review of Lesson 193, All Things Are Lessons. All Things Are Lessons God Would Have Me Learn. Am I still here? Yeah, you are. I wonder if... Holy, holy buckets. <laughs> I put myself on. I've been talking away on you. Sorry. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> Goody. Glad you're here. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll, I'll just see if I can recapitulate this. Um, I thought since Lori's on the road, I'd try and step up and bring something for an opening. This is one of my favorite songs. Think of it as appropriate to the section because it's something we can do with all the energy we use to judge. And it's a song song by Yes, of course. <laughs> I say of course because all my favorites are Yes songs, I think. And it's called Release, Release. So it's a little bit long. Not that long, but 
got a lot of words, so let me get at it here. Have you heard before? Hit it out. Don't look back. God is the meaning of all generations. Stand for every right. Kick it out. Here you shout for the right of all of creation. We've heard it before, but we just don't seem to move. The pressure's on. Is there lack of clear intention? Four. Forted by our knees. Lift this up. Show us now. Show us how. Amid the rack and confusion, drive in thoughts of high, satisfy in a plan, set it out for all to understand it. We've heard it before, but we just don't seem to move. The pressure's on, is there lack of concentration? We are lost and wondering maybe how it is. Seems to me it's as simple as this. No matter where you go, you're going to find you won't see me in front, but you can't leave me behind. Power at first to the needs of each other's day. Simple to lose in the void sounds of anarchy's discordant ways. All lost in the crazy. This the power in the craziness. Release all, release all. Or abandon your hope for your brother. Release all, release all. Or abandon your hope for your sister. Release, release enough controllers. Show some signs of appreciated loyalty. Release, release. Enough controllers show some signs of appreciated love received. We gotta, 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 gotta get it right. A straight jacket, freedoms of march. Is it all far beyond our reason of understanding? Campaign, everything, anti-right, anti-left. Anticipate the love of creation. Stand for every right. Kick it out. Here you shout. Further the right, further the right, further the right of all of creation. <clears throat> Refreshed at birth to the needs of each other's days. Simple to lose in the void sounds of anarchy's discord. Discordant ways, all lost in the craziness, in the craziness of power, in the craziness. Release all, release all, or abandon your hope for your brother. Release all, release all, or abandon your hope for your sister. Release, 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 release. Release, 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 Anyway. Ah. Way to go, Lemoyne. Thank you. <laughs> oh, that was That'd make just it better if I actually sing it. But. <clears throat> oh, 
wow. message conveyed. <laughs> I love that. Thanks, wow. Lemoyne. Thank you, Lemoyne. Did you write that song? Where'd you get that? Oh, that's yes, off uh, the Tornado album. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you can find it. Yes, uh, release, release on the internet. Anyway, that is definitely one of my favorite songs. It's usually best done while you're jump, sung while you're jumping up and down. I think. <laughs> anyway, at least the last bit. Okay, so to the reading today. <laughs> In chapter nineteen, beyond the body. Ah, oh, we have section three, sin versus error. And I'll get us started there. It is essential that error be not confused with quote-unquote sin. And it is this distinction which makes salvation possible. For error can be corrected and the wrong made right. But sin, were it possible, would be irreversible. The belief in sin is necessarily based on the firm conviction that minds, not bodies, can attack. And thus, the mind is guilty and will forever so remain unless a mind not part of it can give it absolution. Sin calls for punish, punishment as error. Sin calls for punishment as error for correction. And the belief that punishment is correction is clearly insane. Chapter 19, Beyond the Body, Section 3, Sin versus Error, after paragraph 17. <clears throat> it is essential that error be not confused with quote-unquote sin, and it is this distinction which makes salvation possible, for error can be corrected and the wrong made right, but sin were possible, would be irreversible. The belief in sin is necessarily based on the firm conviction that minds, not bodies, can attack. Unless the mind is guilty and will forever so remain unless the mind, not part of it, can give it absolution. Sin calls for punishment as error for correction. And the belief that punishment is correction is clearly insane. 18. Sin is not an error, for sin entails an arrogance which the idea of error lacks. To sin would be to violate reality and to succeed. Sin is the proclamation that attack is real and guilt is justified. It assumes the Son of God is guilty and has thus succeeded in losing his innocence and making himself what God created not. Thus is creation seen as not eternal and the will of God open to opposition and defeat. Sin is the quote-unquote grand illusion underlying all the ego's grandiosity, for by it God himself is changed and rendered incomplete. <clears throat> 
Are you on mute, Lamorne? Thank you, Brian and Lori. Ready, paragraph 18. Sin is not an error, for sin entails an arrogance, which the idea of error lacks. To sin would be to violate reality and to succeed. Sin is the proclamation that attack is real and guilt is justified. It assumes the Son of God is guilty and has thus succeeded in losing his innocence and making himself what God created not. Thus is creation seen as not eternal and the will of God open to opposition and defeat. Sin is the so-called grand delusion underlying all the ego's grandiosity. For by it, God himself is changed and rendered incomplete. 19. The Son of God can be mistaken. He can deceive himself. He can even turn the power of his mind against himself, but he cannot sin. There is nothing he can do that would really change his reality in any way, nor, nor make him really guilty. Let's see. Somebody having trouble? Um, but he cannot sin. There is nothing he can do that would really change his reality in any way, nor make him really guilty. That is what sin would do, for such is its purpose. Yet for all the wild insanity inherent in the whole idea of sin, it is impossible. For the wages of sin is death, and how can the immortal die? Thank you, Lori. And Jessica? 19. The Son of God can be mistaken. He can deceive himself. He can even turn the power of his mind against himself. But he cannot sin. There is nothing he can do that would really change his reality in any way, nor make him really guilty. That is what sin would do, for such is its purpose. Yet for all the wild insanity inherent in the whole idea of sin, it is impossible. For the wages of sin is death. And how can the immortal die? 20. A major tenet in the ego's insane religion is that sin is not error but truth. And it is innocence that would deceive. Purity is seen as arrogance. And the acceptance of the self as sinful is perceived as holiness. And it is this doctrine which replaces the reality of the Son of God as his Father created him and willed that he be forever. Is this humility? Or is it rather an attempt to wrest creation away from truth and keep it separate?
Thank you, Jessica. And is there a new reader for 20 and 21? I could do that. Oh, please, please go ahead, Robin Marie. Okay. 20. A major tenet in the ego's insane religion is that sin is not error but truth, and it is innocence that would deceive. Purity is seen as arrogance, and the acceptance of the self as sinful is perceived as holiness. And it is this doctrine which replaces the reality of the Son of God as his Father created him and will that he be forever. Is this humility? Or is it rather an attempt to wrest creation away from truth and keep it separate? 21. Any attempt to reinterpret sin as error is always indefensible to the ego. The idea of sin is wholly sacrosanct to its thought system and quite unapproachable except through reverence and awe. It is most, quote, holy, unquote, concept in the ego system, lovely and powerful, wholly true and necessarily protected with every defense at its disposal. For here lies its, quote, best, unquote, defense, which all the others serve. Here is its armor, its protection, and the fundamental purpose of the special relationship in its interpretation. Thank you, Robin Murray. And is there another new reader for 21 and 22? This is Donna, and yes. Please, please do, Donna. 21. Any attempt to reinterpret sin as error is always indefensible to the ego. The idea of sin is wholly sacrosanct to its thought system and quite unapproachable. Except through reverence and awe, it is the most holy concept in the ego's system, lovely and powerful, wholly true and necessarily protected with every defense at its disposal. For here lies its, quote, best defense, which all the others serve. Here is its armor, its protection, and the fundamental purpose of the special relationship in its interpretation. 22. It can indeed be said the ego made its world on sin. Only in such a world could everything be upside down. This is the strange illusion which makes the clouds of guilt seem heavy and impenetrable. The solidness this world's foundation seems to have is found in this. For sin has changed creation from an idea of God to the idea the ego wants. A world it rules, made up of bodies, mindless and capable 
of complete corruption and decay. If this is a mistake, it can be undone easily by truth. Any mistake can be corrected if truth be left to judge it. But if the mistake is given the status of truth, to what can it be brought? The holiness of sin is kept in place by just this strange device. As truth, it is inviolate, and everything is brought to it for judgment. As a mistake, it must be brought to truth. It is impossible to have faith in sin, for sin is faithless. Yet, it is possible to have faith that a mistake can be corrected. Thank you, Donna. And is there another new reader for 22 and 23? Another new reader for 22 and 23? I'd like to, I'd like to do it. Okay, Mindy. Please go ahead. 22. It can indeed be said the ego made its world on sin. Only in such a world could everything be upside down. This is the strange illusion which makes the clouds of guilt seem heavy and impenetrable. The solidness this world foundation seems to have is this. For sin has changed creation from an idea of God to an idea, excuse me, for sin has changed creation from an idea of God to an ideal the ego wants, a world it rules, made up of bodies, mindless and capable of complete corruption and decay. If this is a mistake, it can be undone easily by truth. <laughs> Any mistake can be corrected. Uh-huh, kitty cat, hi. Any mistake can be corrected if truth be left to judge it. But if the mistake is given the status of truth, to what can it be brought? The quote-unquote holiness of sin is kept in place by just this strange device. As truth it is inviolate, and everything is brought to it for judgment. As a mistake, it must be brought to truth. It is impossible it is impossible to have faith in sin, for sin is faithlessness. Yet it is possible to have faith that a mistake can be corrected. 23. There is no stone in all the eagles in battle citadel more beautifully defended than the idea that sin is real. The natural expression of what the Son of God has made himself to be and what he is. To the ego, this is no mistake. Here, this is its reality. This is the quote unquote truth from which escape will always be impossible. This is his past, his present, and his future, where he has somehow managed to corrupt his father and change his mind completely. Mourn then the death of God, 
whom sin has killed, and this would be the ego's wish, which in its madness it thinks it has accomplished. Thank you, Mindy. And is there another new reader for 23 and 24? Yes, good morning, Lemoyne. It's Jude. I can do it. Okay, yeah. you too. 23. There is no stone in all the egos embattled citadel more heavily defended than the idea that sin is real the natural expression of what the Son of God has made himself to be and what he is. To the ego, this is no mistake, for this is its reality. This is the quote-unquote truth from which escape will always be impossible. This is his past, his present, and his future. For he has somehow managed to corrupt his capital father and changed his capital mind completely. Mourn then the death of God, whom sin has killed. And this would be the ego's wish, which in its madness it thinks it has accomplished. 24. Would you not rather that all this be nothing more than a mistake, entirely correctable, and so easily escaped? From that, its whole correction is like walking through a mist into the sun, for that is all it is. Perhaps you would be tempted to agree with the ego that it is far better to be sinful than mistaken, Yet think you carefully before you allow yourself to make this choice. Approach it not lightly, for it is the choice of of hell or heaven. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. And is there a new reader who would like to conclude with 24? A new reader who would like to conclude with 24? Okay. Uh, Back to you, Fran. 24. Would you not rather that all this be nothing more than a mistake, entirely correctable, and so easily escaped from that its whole correction is like walking through a mist into the sun, for that is all it is. Perhaps you would be tempted to agree with the ego that it is far better to be sinful than mistaken. Yet thank you carefully before you allow yourself to make this choice. Approach it not lightly, for it is the choice of hell or heaven. Wow, love it. Yeah, thank you, friend. Thanks, everyone who read. And uh, let's see. Um, 
I think I'm just going to try and do a little summary on this the distinction. Here. Because as it says right at the top, it is essential that error not be confused with air quotes sin. And it is this distinction which makes salvation possible. For error can be corrected and the wrong made right. But sin, were it possible, would be irreversible. The belief in sin is necessarily based on the firm conviction that minds, not bodies, can attack. And thus the mind is guilty and will forever remain so unless the mind, not part of it, can give it absolution. I think that shows how the idea of sin is is just born of separation and recreates it. And sin calls for punishment as error calls for correction. And the belief that punishment is correction is clearly insane. She's like doubling down. Okay. Sin is not an error, for sin entails an arrogance which the idea of error lacks. To sin would be to violate reality and to succeed. That's the arrogance. Sin is the proclamation that attack is real and guilt is justified. The idea of sin. And the belief in it proclaims the idea that attack is real and guilt is justified. It assumes the Son of God is guilty and has thus succeeded in losing his innocence and making himself what God created not. Thus is creation seen as not eternal and the will of God open to opposition and defeat. Sin is the, quote, grand illusion Unquote, underlying all the ego's grandiosity. For by it, God himself is changed and rendered incomplete. The Son of God can be mistaken. He can deceive himself, and he can even turn the power of his mind against himself. Well, I know. But he cannot sin. There is nothing he can do that would really change his reality in any way, nor make him really guilty. That is what sin would do for such as its purpose. Yet for all the wild insanity inherent in the whole idea of sin is impossible. For the wages of sin is death, and how can the immortal die? And the way it holds it together A major tenet in the ego's insane religion is that sin is not error, but truth. And it is innocence that would deceive. Purity is seen as arrogance, and the acceptance of the self as sinful is perceived as holiness. 
And it is this doctrine which replaces the reality of the Son of God as his Father created him, and that and willed that he be forever. This is getting right up to the, to the lesson there. But is that humility, or is it rather an attempt to wrest creation away from truth and keep it separate? Okay. Um, yeah, I think I'm just about done. I think there's one point to, that I want to make about sin and error. Because I know Lee would say, oh, sin is just another error. <laughs> and, you know, he's right. But this belief in sin, the belief that, you know, we can't have actually changed creation, it becomes the foundation of a world that is all based on a sense of threat and that we've uh, we've created but it is all I think easily correctable so um, we're closing up now to the top of the hour I'll turn to you friend with my thanks for your dedication and uh, invite everyone to give attention to Fran as she leads us in today's lesson Oh, thank you. Thanks for that summary. Oh, it's good. Thank you. Hi, everybody. Still on the great, part of the great summary. Great. Excellent. Still in the first part of the workbook, and we are on review six. And today we are on lesson two thirteen, which is a review of lesson one ninety three. All things are lessons God would have me learn. So I'll read some, just paragraph from the introduction, and then we'll do our five-minute practice on the lesson. These practice sessions, like our last review, are centered around the central theme with which we start and end each lesson. It is this. I am not a body. I am free. For I am still as God created me. The day begins and ends with this. And we repeat it every time the hour strikes or we remember in between we have a function that transcends the world we see. Beyond this and a repetition of the special thought we practice for the day, no form of exercise is urged except a deep relinquishment of everything that clutters up the mind and makes it deaf to reason, sanity, and simple truth. We will attempt to go to get beyond all words and special forms of practicing for this review. But we attempt this time to reach a quickened pace along a shorter path to the serenity and peace of God. We merely close our eyes and then forget all that we thought we knew and understood. For thus is freedom given us from all we did not know and failed to understand. So we'll go over to our lesson now. Lesson 213. I am not a body. I am free. For I am still as God created me. All things are lessons God would have me learn. A lesson is a miracle which God offers to me in place of thoughts I made that hurt me. 
What I learn of him becomes the way I am set free. And so I choose to learn his lessons and forget my own. I am not a body. I am free. For I am still as God created me. And we'll take our five minutes now.
Lesson 213, I am not a body, I am free, for I am still as God created me. All things are lessons God would have me learn. A lesson is a miracle which God offers to me in place of thoughts I made that hurt me. What I learn of him becomes the way I am set free. And so I choose to learn his lessons and forget my own. I am not a body. I am free. For I am still as God created me. Amen. Amen. Thank you. I love this um, part where he tells us what a lesson is. A lesson is a miracle which God offers to me in place of thoughts I made that hurt me. Yesterday when we had the uh, lesson, I have a function, God would have me fill. All day, every time I would say that, I would say, what's the function? And last night, I went out to dinner with my family and that had stayed with me all day and all of a sudden it came to me. The function was to love everyone. And I love that how he explains in this one what a lesson is. And a lesson is a miracle. Wow. Anyway, I'm complete. Thank you. Oh, friend, that was beautiful. That was. Thank you, Asked and answered. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for the love. Thank you. Oh, thank you, guys. And one more thing I'll add in at the very end when he says, and so I choose to learn his lessons and forget my own. Uh, Good idea. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, I like that part. This is Donna. That was so beautiful, Fran, that testimony. One word answer to everything, love. So mind-blowing. Because what came to me was, I speak differently. I'm very open that God is my life. And I speak differently than most people I travel around because most people uh, belong to a particular religion. And I, I have this beautiful neighbor. I just dearly love them. And they, um, uh, another neighbor, they go to church together. And um, 
they'll sit on the porch and Bible reading. <clears throat> I would show up to join them. And it's funny. I made it known that I was kind of interested in doing that once, but they never really <clears throat> invited invited me. So I, I, I saw this neighbor I dearly loved and um, was thinking as the lesson was read, I, it came to mind my encounter yesterday. The, the, such a, this is a kind, gentle, loving soul. Just a beautiful individual that I love being in her presence. And yet, when I open my mouth and speak, I, I understood through what we study in our lessons was that I realized what what goes happens in that encounter. Because I'm speaking differently. I'm speaking as the Course teaches and Dr. Hora and, and, and Mary Baker Eddy speak about God and our, our reality. And um, I try not to, I try to mute it a little bit, but it's obvious. I don't believe in, in death and hell and demons and all that stuff. And um, so I realized uh, about my encounter that judgment, judgment, when the mind is preoccupied with judgment, it obscures God. As long as sin is accepted as real, the believer in sin looks only for that. In my beautiful face of my beautiful friend, I began to see uh, the expression on her face was one of judgment. One, she's mute, she's so good, I don't know how she keeps her mouth shut, because if I believed as strongly as she believes in and, and, and her uh, living God, I, I would be preaching. <laughs> but, and God has given me the wisdom to, to say what I say, because it's truth, uh, but not to challenge in any way. And it was so beautiful, <laughs> friend, so beautiful, that what I tried to live there with her, because I do love her, is love. And I'm seeing that even though we're not in a place to live it perfectly, if we let the Holy Spirit, he will get us through that and offend no one. So thank you, uh, Fran, for just putting an exclamation point on something that I will walk in. I am complete. Well, thank you so much. That was great. Thank you. That's just precious, Donna. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, Donna. Powerful. Hi, it's Robin Marie. Thanks, Donna. I was just thinking, you know, about uh, how I often jump in with two feet. Uh, well, maybe not as often as I used to because I am getting kind of elderly. But uh, 
thinking about, you know, how important it is to stop and take a step backward and look again, especially ask the Holy Spirit to help me look again before stepping forward. And a lot of my errors occur when I don't uh, take that moment to step back and observe with the Holy Spirit what's happening. And recently I just had a text from my daughter who's visiting. I'll be seeing her tomorrow. And I read her text and immediately thought that she wanted something that in fact she didn't want. And I didn't step back because I feel emotional and my emotions overrode uh, what I know is the best and most peaceful way of handling something. And I got myself in a little bit of a mucky place (laughs) and I had to pull out and I had to forgive myself that I just, I would so appreciate myself more if I could just breathe and stop and step back. I love myself (laughs) during that time. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for that. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Robin Murray. Again, it's almost as if, you know, you make a mistake, an error, and then you deliberately put a something around your ankle, and then you go forward, and you put the ball on there, and you're dragging this chain around, ridiculous, and calling it sin. You know, instead of realizing at the very beginning, oh, I made an error, and I can forgive myself, and I can correct it. Thank you. Thank you, Robin Marie. And thank you for emphasizing the importance of that pause. Thank you very much. This is a this is Donna. The idea of lesson has become real to me today. 
up until now, I always spoke that, well, we're here to learn lessons. We're here to learn. We're here. But that's true. The reality of lessons, whether it's pain or joy, it's just a lesson. We are in this quote-unquote illusion, this dream, this so-called human existence, this place where so got so so far um, the course is teaching us that ego thinks it's a god and it's nothing. But I'm looking now at it, it's nice to have pain because you have to deal with pain. You have to say to yourself, "Okay, I'm a good person," and yet I got this pain. Now, what does that mean? So it's made it so real to me. I have I got a sore toe I've been walking with for four years. I can't wear shoes. Today I went. Yesterday I went to job lot to look for water to put in my windshield, and and there was no not a pet. But what what am I here for? I walked past a table that has a bunch of shoes on it for twenty five bucks, which I don't pay more than five dollars for shoes because I can't wear them anyway. And there sat a pair of shoes, of sandals, without a box, all by themselves. I tried on another pair that looked like it might have worked, but it wasn't the size. I picked up that pair of shoes, and it was my size. And I put them on, and I thought, oh, my God, these look like they might work. And I walked out of there with something I needed. So every need is met. We're here to learn lessons doesn't matter how much pain, doesn't matter how much good you got. It's whether you're learning the lesson, good, bad, or ugly. So, Fran, thank you again. Love and lessons. Thank you. I am complete. Oh, thank you. That was great. Love that mm. story. Thank you. Thank you, Donna. Yes, thank you, Donna. That leaves me happy. Thank you, Donna. This is Lana. I I was just able to come on the phone this morning. Um, but getting back to what problem Rich had, it really hit me because um, you know, it was uh, what I was given to share this morning on. Facebook, it's like we have a thought and the thought is I have a problem (laughs) and the thought is the problem and if we take it any any farther, we don't pause there, then we create a story around the problem that sort of validates the problem and that's when we really step in the doo-doo. Because then we have to travel back to the source of the thought. But if we can catch the thought, right at the moment where the thought shows up as, oh, there's something not right here. I'm perceiving or I'm interpreting something I'm seeing. And it looks like a problem. Well, that thought that there's a problem is the problem. So it's forgiving for me in my experience. It's forgiving the thought that I have a problem because any problem I ever have is believing I have a problem. So it's just that, you know, the ego is saying good morning to me. It's grabbing for my attention. 
It wants me to align with it and believe this is a scary world. And if I just catch the thought, the original thought, and I don't take it any farther, but just forgive the thought, it can just save me a lot of time and a lot of suffering. And and that, I think, just comes through the mind training. You know, practice makes progress, and some days we're stronger than other days. Some days we're more susceptible for a lot of reasons. But we just have to set, you know, just put it all under the umbrella of forgiveness. It was just a thought. It was a crazy thought that I could be separated from the peace of God. So anyhow, I'm complete. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Lana. Thank you, Lana. Thanks, Lana. That was wonderful. Yep. Hi, good morning, guys. I um just reading through the text and you know, really really um devoted devotedly practicing the review lessons and you know, understanding the significance of what it says in in the instructions for doing them, that any any of them or any one of them can can restore my mind to the mind of God, to my oneness, my wholeness, and completion. And um, you know that forgiveness forgiveness is God's given function to me. That that is my priority and my goal. Here to do to remember who I am in truth, um, and that happiness is His will. For me. My thoughts, if they're not supremely happy and peaceful, then I'm, in all honesty, not doing what God God's will. My will is not what God's is. So you know, it, it becomes really simple, one thought at a time, one moment at a time, and. You know, the Course always speaks of eternity as where and what we are, and that we can't know where and what we are unless we are in the eternal moment of of now, always being in the now. And um, But the text today, this one line that really, really um, made, gave me pause for thought, contemplation, this idea of sin this idea that we can judge what the body does, says or does to each, to itself or to other body, bodies. Um, you know, that we have made a mistake, an error, in who we are defining ourselves to be, being in bodies. It's a fundamental error the basic fundamental error that limited our, ourselves, a limited idea of love, and that it, could, that it could change and be distorted. But it says in paragraph 22, and this is what I wanted to, to um, address, the um, idea of God, cha- for sin has changed creation from 
an idea of God to an ideal the ego wants. So we got this we got this body that the ego is identifying with, and then we're constantly striving to become perfect in our bodies and in our in our minds, in our body body minds, and by the values and hierarchy of the of the values in the world, you know, and this is where everything goes crazy, chaos. But it says that to an ideal the ego wants, a world it, it rules made up of bodies, mindless, incapable of complete corruption and decay. So, you know, the, that the body is, is a neutral instrument that's meant to be an instrument to remind us who we are. There was, there was how it was created in, before we took it and applied the idea of, of, of sin and guilt and corruption that the body could be corrupted. And the Course has taught me that this idea that I can make myself into something I'm not. I could distort myself and change myself by believing that what I do and say and how I act and behave in a body changes, makes me into something I'm not, and changes me from my my perfection, the perfection of the way God created me to be. And that's that's really the big the big mistake. It's one single mistake, one single error. And you know, that I can look think on a body and then how I think I perceive and what I perceive I think is one in in that cause and effect and that you know, as long as I'm going around looking at other bodies and thinking on bodies, I can have all these, you know, wonderful beliefs about God and I'm a spirit and I'm not a body, but I'm not applying the lesson to my life. I have to practice vision. I have to practice seeing spirit instead of bodies. And it's so fundamental. I cannot see alone. I can only see through the eyes of Christ. And I can only live the baby I'm sorry, I'm complete. Thank you, Judy. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. This is Donna again. Thanks, Judy, for the clarity there. It's so funny. I, the Holy Spirit brought me to the reading today because I was waiting for 9.15, and all of a sudden I looked up and it was 9.30. But 
when I can you please soften? Please. I, I, I can't turn it down long, loud enough. I'm so sorry. You're coming so distorted. Please. Oh, sorry. Uh, I, it's hard Don't for me to turn it down. That's why I forget to do it. Um, uh, give me a second here. Oh. So All you I have to do is, is move away from the microphone a little. Turning down the volume that you're hearing from us doesn't do it. It's just too close to the mic, and your, your machine makes you really loud. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. It sounds I great to me. I enjoy uh, it. Sounds great. If you, can you still hear me so loud? Because I'm, I'm two feet away from my phone. But anyway, uh, uh, I'll make this short. Okay, so the big thing was when I when I went saw the words and saw the complicated language, I said, "Well, boy, I won't get nothing out of this reading today." <laughs> Praise the Lord! I got enlightened. Thank you, everyone, and I apologize that I'm so loud. Uh, Donna, you sound just great. Thank you. Thank that you. was great. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so that much. That was great. Thank you, Donna. That was great. morning this is Mindy and I apologize I'm I'm having a hard time this morning um you know the the saying waking up on the side wrong side of the bed um I woke up hurting and I thought before I got up I felt so stiff I might as well (laughs) lean on my side and and unstick my muscles get the circulation going and I felt fine um even though the body seems to be my biggest challenge in life, I know that that comes from the mind that is thinking wrong and separate, keeping myself separate from God. And sometimes when I turn over, it's not a good thing because I might knock my neck out a little or my pelvis out a little, and then I have to deal with that pain until I do something or relax enough to allow God to, to step in in a meditation. And that could be a long process. And today I turned over and I felt fine and was listening to our course and was, you know, allowing my soul to take it in. Then I got a phone call. <laughs> I've got a car that's in ill repair and uh, having to jump through hoops to get it going. Oh, this must be the dealership. So I interrupted myself instead of just being calm and staying with the truth of everything that, you know, when, when I'm in the truth, it... Everything works out. But I thought, oh, I better call and hear this. And it was a robocall about my doctor's appointment, which put me right back into my body. And as I tried to get more comfortable on my side, I ended up putting my back out. And then arguing with my brother about how he wants me to go through hoops to get this car done instead of taking it directly to a place. And I realized that, you know, the mind wants to, as in our lesson today, and, and, and talking about, you know, the mind makes 
sin real and irreversible. And I went right back into, oh, my God, I'm a body. The doctor just called. I have to push myself together at 830 in the morning. And as I got into this thought of being a body that can be injured, which is a sin that is real and cannot be undone, um, except this or that or this, I, I went into that state of creating something. And I was like, wow. How, it's a little discouraging, but I'm so glad to see, but I'm feeling discouraged that I was so easily bought into I'm a body um, just from a little phone call, and I was upset with myself for taking it because it was just a reminder, not the dealership calling back, and even answering a call during this sacred time about something like a car shows me <clears throat> that my ego wants to take every chance it can get to get away from the sacredness that disappears it. And I'm feeling a little upset right now, yet what a lesson. Wow. So anyway, um, being in that pain and being in that place of arguing with my brother who was giving me complicated instructions and instead of texting it, wanted to beat it into me again, <laughs> I, said, don't tell me again, just text me. Um, you know, I got myself in a snit, and it was a, a series of choices that I made. And um, they don't always feel like choices because the ego is so unautomatic and follows its, you know, its, its thing. But really, I now have an opportunity to forgive myself for that. And although I can't make the correction, if I try, I mean, it's more ego stuff, you know, saying this is real and I'm going to fix it. I can say, oh, I made a mistake. Um, I had a thought. I let it in. It created something that is not my true nature or what God wants me to be, which is feeling fine and aligned. So I just have to take a pause now and ask Holy Spirit to help me forgive myself because <laughs> the ego wants to punish me. So I'm really getting to see the mechanism here of what we just talked about, about the ego making sin real, the body real. So I'm grateful for the opportunity, although I'm still a little uncomfortable and sad that I wasn't able to, right then and there, apply our lesson. But, hey, that's why we have them 365 days a week. So I am ah, asking for um, support in the form of whatever good thought you can give. And as you do so, helping me to release this ego. We're actually doing it for ourselves. You're doing it for yourself. So my commitment is to just relax, know that it was an error. It can be corrected. And it's a lesson of understanding. And I'm sure as I allow God to, to teach it to me and I incorporate it, the body will not be a problem, whether it is completely aligned or not. And neither will the car. It's just all things are lessons God would have me learn and uh, there we go. So thanks, guys. Boy, I just had such a, oh, well, a demonstration. And, of course, when I'm in this place of misery and Donna comes in so loud that I cannot turn it down enough to still be able to hear her without it being painful to my headache because it's still loud. she got such an incredibly strong voice, which I wish I had. You know, then, of course, when I get myself into a snit, even what my brothers offer me is seen as something as an impediment rather than the help that it is. And whether it's a call for love or an offering of love, 
no matter what it is, it is meant to be a blessing for me. So I do apologize for you for that, Lana. And um, um, I guess that's it. I'm willing to have the error corrected through the Holy Spirit. And thank you, Ego, for your share, but you're not needed here anymore. And so it is. Amen. Thanks, guys. Thank you for, for supporting me in this. And I hope that it was a beautiful demonstration of what we read in the text and and applying, as always, applying the lesson, wow, it relates to the text and, and what God wants us to do. So all things are lessons God we have to learn. And I'm so grateful for this one because it's an important one, and I'm willing to take a huge step forward in forgiveness. I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you, Mindy. Thank you, Mindy. You know, these phones, um, I've got a rather dumb phone, um, and it's the way I like it. I, it doesn't have many controls on it. So I just, you know, if something comes in too loud, I just move the phone away from my ear. And if something comes in too soft, I just move it closer, or I put it on speakerphone. You know, um I don't like phones that are smarter than me. You know, I just can't figure. <laughs> I can't figure them out. But, but that just seems to work for me. You know, and mm-hmm. and um, yeah. because we all hear things differently. I mean, I Donna came through fine with me, but then I didn't have. I know when I have a headache, sounds can seem louder, and they can be disturbing. Um, but you know, I think I can't hear her anymore. Once it no longer is loud or distorted and unpleasant, I can't hear what she's saying anymore. I have to soften it so much. Yeah. And she has so much wisdom. So anyway, I <laughs> thank you. Thank yeah, you. I just wanted to, too. Um, I wanted to remind myself because I woke up this morning and I'm having just a terrible time breathing. And of course, my back's always there to remind me. So I can understand all these body things, but what's most helpful um, for me is uh, this morning I asked for a miracle, and I shared that miracle too and extended it out to others. And the thing I have to remember, and it's easy to forget, is that the healing takes place the moment I asked it. There's no gap there. But because I seem to be in time and space, the effect of the healing may take time. It may be a day or two before the healing shows up. But I can rest in peace knowing that the healing is accomplished and is coming. And I can have that faithfulness that Jesus talks about. I can rest in that knowing that in the past, it's always been validated, so I can trust in that. And that's really helpful in helping me to relax, you know, and let things be what they're being, however they're being, because I find most of my suffering comes in my resistance to it. So just a help, couple things that have been helpful to me um, that I hope might be helpful to others. That's all. Thank you. 
Thank you, Lana. Thank you. Thank you, Lana. This is Donna. <clears throat> and I just want to say, if I don't sound too loud anymore, I'd like to know because what I did was turn my speaker off so I can hear. So if I'm still just as loud as I was before, I need to know that. If I'm not, that means I've got to remember to turn my speaker off because I can't, I can't hear without it on. So I'm going to assume I'm not as loud. I, I want to thank, I think it's, I, I beg your pardon? Sounds good to me. <clears throat> okay, I want to say this. I think it's Mendy. I'm not sure. I'm never sure if I'm hearing Mendy or Wendy. But I think it's Mendy. Mendy. What I love about her is her forthrightness. I love that she speaks up and says that I'm speaking too loud because I don't want to bother speaking if, if no one can hear what I'm saying because if I speak, I think the Holy Spirit's asked me to. So I'm so grateful for her forthrightness and for Alana's uh, expansion on just because you ask for a miracle, don't get it right away. It's still on its way because that's, that's where I'm standing with God in that. So thanks, everybody. I just love all, you, all of you. Love you, thanks, Donna. Donna. That was thanks, Donna. Yeah. That's what I like about you, too, Donna. <laughs> Is your forthrightness? Yes, with Lemoyne, it does. I I hear the, I hear clipping, or a mic. The mics in the phones are rattling. Something like that. Maybe it's maybe it's clipping in the mic. Maybe it's in the digital system itself. Seems to me these fancy phone systems could take out that top end noise that happens when. The mic is pushed too hard, or or uh, is rattling. Anyway, um, yeah, it, it bothers me too, Mindy. Um, if, <clears throat> particularly if I'm already in a headache, but you know, it's just the way it is. And uh, yeah, take out the earphones in my case when it when it's getting to me. And uh, anyway, it's all lovely, and it comes from the strangest places sometimes. But Donna, in your power, you you stress with these flimsy electronic systems. That's all I can say. Um, <laughs> I'm complete. <laughs> Thanks, Lemoyne. Thank you, Lemoyne. Thank you, Lemoyne. Thanks, Lemoyne. This is Sandra. And just really quick, all things are lessons that God would have me learn. And the biggest lesson I've had to learn is to let go. Because <laughs> it's really hard for me to let go. And it's one thing if I turn it over to Holy Spirit. Um, but then I have to have faith and trust that Holy Spirit's going to handle it, and so I need to let go. And that, you know, I'm getting better and better at it as time goes by, but I, it's, just, it's just one of those things that I have to notice, that I'm 
you know, I'm not letting go. I'm still holding on to it. And it's not, it's, it's not, the, it's not my, my true self I, it's the ego is still holding on to it. And that's, that's the bottom line. Once I let go, once the ego lets go, it lets go. And it lets go in faith and in trust that God's got a better plan than I have. Because one of the reasons I don't let go is because I think there's something wrong. And I heard somebody, I heard Lana say, there's nothing wrong. And there is nothing wrong. Because everything, are, all things are lessons God would have me learn. And since I'm not a sinner, God did not make sinners. God made sons and daughters of God. But in order for us to be of God, we had to have free will. And so my free will can choose to hold on to stuff and think I know what's best instead of letting go. I'm complete. Thank you, Sandra. That was so great on. I agree. Thanks, Sandra. This is Mindy again. And guys, thank you so much for, you know, being willing to address the issue. Um, you know, um, sometimes it doesn't even matter what's going on in the physical. It can be um, a spiritual thing. Um, I was saying, what, why is it I can't do Donna's voicing today no matter what? And I thought, okay, I perceive her. I, I perceive her. I project onto her that she's very forceful. And um, I just got that by not allowing myself to relax and be in spirit, which is what this call is. And I have to take the doctor's call because I've got ADD and I've got to make sure I can 
take care of this and we have to fix it. Instead of saying, um, you know, and if the ADD causes this problem and I can't survive and have these problems, and they're all bodily related. And here I am trying to force an issue that I think needs to be changed because my ego keeps telling me my survival depends on not having ADD and not having a messy house and not having physical problems. And we all know, I mean, this issue's come up so many times before. If I'm in the presence and listening to the Holy Spirit, I am well. Even when there's physical pain, I can be at peace. I can know who I am. Wow. So <clears throat> I was trying to, to be very forceful in doing the good I thought that was needed for my car and for my body. And when I perceive Donna, you know, I project onto Donna that she's being forceful rather than allowing, then if I have a headache and she's loud and she's forceful in my world and I'm being that way too, boy, oh boy, I cannot take in the spirit. I, um, so this was a call for me to realize that if I can't take my brother in and I have a judgment on them, I'm probably doing the same ego thing that I'm perceiving that they're doing. So that's my aha for this morning. And um, I, I, I would like to be very powerful for God and be able to speak in a loud voice and share. And one of the things that I'm so upset about in my life is that when I have a headache, I can't even be powerful in my voice that way. So there was some envy <laughs> and some upset. Why can't I, why can I not be that powerful and physically, you know, fit and, and able? And it's because I thought I need to have this force, and I don't. So once again, the ego is trying to take control by telling me that I'm not as God created me and I'm not okay and I have sinned, and now I have to go to the doctor, and now I have to go to the dealership to correct this thing, you know, this, this thing that really, you know, it, it, it's not okay, it's not correctable, there's something wrong, and it has to be corrected on the level of, of physical. So this is a huge lesson. So thank you, Donna. I, I, instead of allowing myself to be in the place of spirit, and everything's okay no matter what it appears to look like in the outer world. I was trying to force things to go in the way I thought. So it's now time to say, you know, I don't know. <sighs> okay. <laughs> and wait for the answer when it does come, Lana. In the meantime, be at peace. Thank you. I made a shift, guys. Thanks. I'm complete. Thank you so much. Uh, this is Donna. I just have to say, Mindy, I, I, I hope that I turned my speaker off and my sound down one little notch. I hope that is better. If it isn't, then I won't talk too long. But I do talk loud, number one. And I understand loud noise because I go to a church, was going to a church that I love it. It's a full gospel church. The music is so beautiful. And I went the last time, and, and the music is so loud it startles me. 
And <clears throat> so afterward, somebody came over and said, oh, we hadn't seen you for a while, whatever. And I, I told them, you know, and I told them before, the music is so loud, it hurts my ears. Well, you know, that's the way they want it. So I can't go back there. So I understand, Mindy, uh, if there is a problem with this phone that it, any one person, and thank you, Lemoyne, for saying maybe it is a bit of an issue, it, it's that um, it has to be corrected on my end as well. I just love you for being persistent in trying to express your need because if we don't express our needs, they won't get fixed. And what I need now is for people in the future, if I'm talking too loud, anybody, <laughs> including Mindy or besides, just let me know and I'll maybe be forced to get another phone, which is okay. I got this little flip phone and it's you got to be a Philadelphia lawyer to make it do what you want it to do. So I love you all. Thanks again, Mindy. My girls, thank you. And maybe I'll start cleaning my house up because I don't. And you said something about housework. So maybe that was the message God wanted me to hear. I <laughs> complete. Thank you, Donna. <laughs> oh, this has been one of the most beautiful dialogues I've ever heard on this call. Um, thank you for being such living examples, both of you. I'm really grateful. I'm complete. Thanks for that, Lori. That was great. Thank you. Sorry, Mindy, I, that was a little muffled. I couldn't hear what you said. Oh, no. I just want to say thank you, Lord, for saying your experience with the call because the ego has been trying to convince me that I was a disruption to the call and I'm a horrible burden and blah, blah, blah. So enough to you. Thank you for sharing, and you can go away now, ego. <laughs> thank you, guys. And I'm, I'm going to exit the call and make up with my brother whom I, I uh, yelled at and just share with him that, you know, this is what I'd like to do. I don't want to jump through hoops. Um, it's really not appropriate for me to be able to do that today. And I think that uh, it's a lesson for both of us. And it is important that I share something because if I want to listen to something or work or be with a brother and I really want to take them in, but there's something that's going on where I can't. It's actually not a loving thing to just to squelch that and just, uh, I guess I just have to hang up right now. It's not a loving thing to get upset and walk away and miss the blessing. Sometimes it feels very unspiritual to push an agenda, like, can you please be softer? But really, underneath it is, I really want to hear you and I love you and I want to take it in and I want to learn. And so, you know, this, but this is, this is where I'm not able at this moment. And just like you told them about the music and you, you found out that, well, that's the way it is. 
I just need to tell my brother, I, I can't jump through all these hoops with AAA and locksmiths. Let's just, let's just take the car in and get it paid for. And, uh, you know, if I don't speak up, that's not spiritual. Being non-resistant to something that is a problem is not spiritual. It's just being in denial. And that is not what God is asking us to do, to be in denial of the body or its problems or, or anything. It's to lovingly confront what it is and see if what isn't workable can be worked out for the benefit of all. So thank you. Um, you know, I'm reminded that sometimes it is uncomfortable when there is a roadblock to love <laughs> to address it. <laughs> but thankfully on, all the, on this call, we, you know, we're all in a space of love for the most part. You know, we're so dedicated to getting through it that I'm just so honored to be able to share um, and feel like I'm just a complaining, whining ball of, you know, complaints, but yet to be, to be received with such love has, has allowed me to come to a place of peace with my brother and I and what and transpired during the call and to say this is what's up and, um, you know, apologize for yelling at him and tell him, you know, I can't do all this today. I'm already overwhelmed. And hash it out to get to the place where we both want to be, which is my working car. <sighs> Sometimes it is challenging to, to face the things that, that need to be healed with love that need to be looked at and still you know being in the world there are some things that i can't just do a spiritual treatment on and say yeah it'll be okay they need to be addressed because hey i'm still touching this chair i still have a body that needs to feel good and and do things for myself if i'd like to stay in it and be in this beautiful learning experience i'm in so um as long as, long as i can put a lot of love into it and state what my, my feel my need is, and then let the Holy Spirit be the connector between me and that other person with the intention of coming to a place of love, whether we agree to disagree or not, that is actually a miracle right there. <laughs> wow, that is actually a miracle right there. Tackling something that seems to be a roadblock or conflict, going in it with love, with no agenda other than coming to a place of harmony where the miracle can enter. And sometimes the miracle is simply guidance. What to do about this situation? <laughs> and it's a lesson that God would have me learn. Letting go of my thoughts, small, small M, and letting in God's thoughts is what brings me to the, the kingdom, to the love, and to the peace. So I'm very lovingly going to leave my brother a voice message telling him my preferences and um, realize that what he's doing to me, trying to save himself money, is something he does to himself all the time. And, and I've observed that it rarely works and it costs more time and money to try and do the shortcut and then he has to do it anyway. So this is actually an opportunity for me to be a loving space for when I share my need for him to realize something that he has been doing that is not allowing the miracle of the solution and the healing to come through. So this is a huge learning opportunity. So I'm just going to relax, not worry about my back, not worry about my class, get myself in that loving place and ask this Holy Spirit, I just love this, put the right words in my mouth at the right time 
in my mouth, not in my mind, put the right words in my mouth at the right time to help the situation. And then I don't speak until I feel that love and that urge and that flow because I know it's coming from something larger than the ego. All right. I got my guidance for the day, and thank you again for being a listening ear. I love you guys, and I'm going to be complete now and just listen. Thank you. Thank you, Mindy. Thank you, Mindy. Thank you, Mindy. Well, it's uh, gone well past the top of the hour, and I think to close today, take off the uh, take off take off from the lesson. A lesson. All things are lessons God would have me learn, <laughs> as itself contained in a lesson. <laughs> anyway. And uh, it says, a lesson is a miracle which God offers to me in place I thought, in place of thoughts I made that hurt me. <clears throat> what I learn of him becomes the way I am set free, and so I choose to learn his lesson. Get my own. And... Uh, and that caused me to turn to the section very near the end of the workbook in the whole book. It's called What is a Miracle? And its definition here is a miracle is a correction. It does not create <clears throat> nor really change at all. It merely looks on devastation and reminds the mind that what it sees is false. It undoes error, but does not attempt to go beyond perception, nor exceed the function of forgiveness. Miracle contains the gift of grace, for it is given and received as one. And that's within each of each person is given and received and the grace in between. Or, you know, I think people notice when you give up false perceptions of them. <laughs> they tend to notice that. And so this illustrates the law of truth. The world does not obey because the world fails entirely to understand the ways of the miracle. A miracle inverts perception, which was upside down before, and thus it ends the strange distortion. Now perception is open to the truth. The miracle is first taken on, taken, I'll read it the way it is, the miracle is taken first on faith because to ask for it implies the mind has been ready to conceive of what it cannot see and does not understand. 
Yet faith will bring its witnesses to show that what it rested on, the miracle rested on, is really there. And thus, the miracle will justify your faith in it and show it rested on a world more real than what you saw before. A world redeemed from what you thought you saw. Miracles fall like drops of healing rain from heaven on a dry and dusty world where starved and thirsty creatures came to die. Now they have water. Now the world is green. And everywhere the signs of life spring up to show that what is born can never die, for what has life has immortality. And thanks for being here, everybody. Those who are on the call, those who listen later. And uh, on the recording, but not the call at this point. Thank you, Lemoyne. Thank you very much for What is a Miracle. That was great. Yes, thank you, Lemoyne. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lemoyne. Yeah, they're welcome.